0: Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to Criminal Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host Jade, and thank you so much for joining me today. This is going to be my third time that I'm recording the first half of this episode because for some reason it will not save, and I also have, I think, two or three more episodes to record. So I'm trying my best not to sound tired, even though I'm not, but eventually that's going to happen. But last week we talked about the murder of basketball player lorenzen wright and this week we are going to be talking about the disappearance of the o'brien brothers so let's get started the o'brien family consists of gary o'brien the father who was born on october 17 1956 the mother diana boland and their three sons 14 year old adam o'brien born on October 28, 1982, 11-year-old Trevor O'Brien, born on May 8, 1985, and Mitchell O'Brien, the youngest brother at 4 years old, born on November 29, 1991. The O'Briens were from Torbay, Newfoundland in Canada, and there isn't much information on this family and their dynamics but Gary was described as 5'10", about 132 pounds, with gray hair, blue eyes, a mustache, and a false tooth. Gary was an electrician who was very much fascinated with computers and technology. He was described as a very quiet man who always, you know, was a very observe... what is the word? Observe... who always observed people and he was a smoker he enjoyed spending a lot of his time at arcades and swimming swimming pools gary also had a history of violence psychological problems and suicidal tendencies the only information available about the family is that diana and gary were divorced and gary did not have custody of the children The day began like any other day on november 9th 1996 adam and trevor the two oldest brothers were giving out the local newspapers around the neighborhood adam was also getting a card for diana's 39th birthday gary could visit the children every saturday and since the divorce the same thing happened every single saturday he would come pick up the children, spend the day with them, and bring them right back home. Every Saturday, Gary would pick up the kids in Mount Pearl, where Diana lived, which was about a 20-minute drive from Torbay. Mitchell, the youngest son, wasn't feeling well on this particular day, and Diana thought it was best to keep him at home while Adam and Trevor went with their father for the day. But Gary was very adamant on having all three of the boys be with him on this Saturday. Gary picked up his boys and drove to Torbay. Diana waited and waited and waited for Gary to return with the kids that evening. At 8.30pm, Diana received a phone call from Gary, who told her that he is not bringing the children back, and that his entire house was rigged with booby traps that would explode if anyone entered. This obviously took Diana by surprise and she quickly demanded that she speak to her sons. All Gary said was later and hung up the phone. She fell to the floor crying and after the call she stated quote, my whole body went into kind of a shock end quote. Diana's sister was there with her and she called the police. When police arrived at Gary's residence, they discovered two 400-pound propane tanks that would very much explode if anyone entered the house. Diana said, quote, if anyone even rang the doorbell, police said the house would have exploded and it would have damaged the neighboring homes, end quote. Diana added that Gary very much understood how to make a bomb with very great precision because he was an electrician. The police were able to defuse the bomb and they entered the home only to discover that no one was at home. Police searched everywhere and anywhere but found no trace of Gary and his three boys. A felony warrant was issued for Gary for kidnapping and attempted murder. A year later, in October 1997, a dive team was searching in the water when they discovered the engine of a vehicle belonging to a 1989 Ford Tempo around 10 kilometers or six miles from where the brothers were last seen. They ran the engine's serial number and determined that it matched Gary's 1989 Ford Tempo, The divers continued to search the area just in case they found anything other than the engine, but nothing else was found. Diana expressed her suspicions about what occurred. She suspected that her ex-husband had removed the car's engine and thrown it over the cliff into the ocean to distract police from their investigation and to make sure that he was always one step ahead. Kind of like the house being covered in bombs, she believed that it was a distraction for the police so that he was always one step ahead. In 1998, police received a call from a woman in Thunder Bay, Ontario. A long, very long way actually from Torbay. It's about a two-day car ride or about a 12-hour flight. The woman contacted the police because she said she remembered the O'Brien brothers from when she used to babysit them. She also knew intimate information about the family, such as the boys, nicknames that no one else really knew. However, after that call, the police were very much unable to locate this woman. She never contacted the police ever again. So they decided to make the call public in hopes that someone knows something or maybe that she would call again, but she never did. By 1999, authorities had given up on that lead and concluded that the boys and their father maybe were last seen in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Many family members have very different ideas about what they believe happened to the O'Brien brothers. Some members believe they're all dead, but Diana is certain that her sons are alive. In 2011, 15 years after her boys went missing, she visited with former Prime Minister Stefan Harper to raise awareness about her missing children as well as other missing children. Because there are no answers as to what happened or where the O'Brien brothers are, there are numerous theories in this case. There are theories that are plausible, and there are a lot of theories that very much give you a headache. One theory is that Gary took his three sons and drove them off the cliff, taking his own life and the lives of his children. But no one knows when this happened, because the car engine was discovered a year after their disappearance. And let's say that if that did happen, car and their bodies would have been long gone by the time that the dive team discovered the engine, because the riptide definitely plays a role when it comes to the water. Many people believe Gary planted the bombs before picking up his sons, which would explain why he called Diana to tell her that he would be late. Diana believes Gary took the boys to a religious commune where, you know, the kids are raised off the grid without access to technology or the outside world. She feels that they have been brainwashed either by their father or by a religious group. Diana states, quote, You know the brainwashing takes place immediately. So you've got 15 years of training to believe that where we are is where we belong. You're integrated into this whole new family, right? Maybe it is denial. To you people or to the general public, I'm in denial. I don't feel I'm in denial, unquote. Over the last 20 years, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has created age progression photos of the boys. The most recent was in early 2017. As of 2023, Adam would be 41 years old, Trevor 38 years old, and Mitchell 32 years old. Adam was previously spotted wearing a black and white Adidas striped pants with black and white Adidas sneakers and a black and white Adidas jacket with a green shirt. He had clear braces on the top row of his teeth, brown hair, blue eyes, and was roughly 5'3 and about 100 pounds at the time. Trevor was last seen wearing blue denim jeans and black and white Adidas sneakers. He has brown hair and blue eyes and... His last known height was about 4'8 and 70 pounds. Mitchell was last seen wearing black and white sneakers, blue pants, and a blue turtle neck. He has brown hair, blue eyes, and was last seen to be about 3'1 and 49 pounds. Trevor, the middle child, was known for being the comedian of the family and very rambunctious. She states, quote, I picture him as my party boy, a kind of playboy, loving to party and women, the complete opposite of Adam, End quote. Diana says that with her youngest son, Mitchell, who was four years old when he was kidnapped, it's more difficult for her to see him as an adult because she only knew him as a preschooler, when his, and his personality wasn't fully formed just yet. Diana says that she loves making the age progression photos of her son and hanging them up on the wall. She says it brings them to life for her and that all she wants is for her sons to be alive and well. There are still no answers as to what happened to Diana's boys 27 years later, but I'm hoping that at some point there are answers. End of episode thoughts. This case is definitely heartbreaking. Um, There are no answers. And in that situation, you have to think of the best case scenario, which is that they're alive. And you have to go with whatever keeps you going. If you say, I know they're alive out there somewhere taking care of their kids or taking care of whatever if that keeps you going let that be what keeps you going i'm not a mother i don't have any children but i know a lot of people who send their kids to daycare for five hours and it seems like the most agonizing five hours you know to be away from your child and i can't imagine the agony of not knowing where your children are 27 years later. It's the not knowing, the having no answers that I think truly, truly, you know, eats away at us. When these things happen, you want to believe positively, but, you know, you also wonder, what if they are dead? But no one wants to think that they're child is dead somewhere in this world. And I think it's scary knowing that people go their entire life without knowing if their loved ones are dead or alive. And with that, today's story comes to an end. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, every Thursday, there is a new episode. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rating so I know what you think of the show. You can keep up with me and the podcast on Instagram at Criminal Curiosity Pod, Twitter Crim Curiosity, and TikTok Criminal Curiosity Pod. That is all that I have for you today. Please be safe out there. Look out for one another. Until next time, bye everyone.